This is a Wild Gate Production Podcast. I know you came here to be. Be what you want in that game of D&D. Assassin, half a human, a rogue. Just gotta pick up all those dice and let's roll. We're rolling now for real. Expert Edition, the first and original classic D&D podcast. Good evening, gamers. I'm DM James, and you're tuned into Save or Die Expert Edition. With me tonight is DM Vince. Hello, folks. TM Eric. Hey there, folks. And DM Glenn. That is one sexy voice you got going there, James. Why, thank you, Glenn. I do try. Okay. Just don't use it on me. Well, I, I want to know Hi why, folks. I want to know why Tankar is TM. Trademark. Oh, trademark. Oh, Tavern. I thought it was like a trademark issue going on. No, Tavern Master. <laughs> no, Tavern Master. So we got to pay him two bucks every time we see his name? Uh, no way. I'm never saying his name. <laughs> <laughs> that guy over there. The him. Him, the dwarf, the dwarf over there. Trademarks and taverns aside, in this episode of Save or Die Expert Edition, we will be reviewing, discussing, and generally shooting the breeze about the newly released Swords and Wizardry Light, an ultralight old school role playing game written by none other than the tavern master, Eric himself. I feel like I'm on an old show of like different strokes. Last week, Arnold and Willis got in trouble. <laughs> but they learned a very important lesson. I'm not going to be in the show long. I'm going to have a heart attack trying to keep from laughing. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, as you oh, can tell, we're going to have a lot of fun here. Too much fun. And Crispy isn't even here. No, no, no. No, oh, no, one's, me, no one's vomiting. Me and Crispy getting together doing this, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, folks, uh, before we get started, all jokes aside, um, th- the four of us wanted to take a minute and thank uh, DM Liz, DM Mike, and DM Jim for their, their years of hard work on Save or Die. Um, they really put their all their heart and a lot of love into the show, and uh, we, we wish them the best and thank them for everything they did. Uh, Save or Die is still here, um, just because we're at an expert edition on the end. It's not going to change the content of the show. We're still going to bring you... Uh, the best in classic and new BX products and discussions and really hope you'll stay with us and and, uh, and be part of the conversation and keep showing the love for Save or Die that you've shown for the past, what, six years? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The show yeah, started yeah. in 2010 when I uh, was, was approached by Mike and Liz to do this. Then we brought in Glenn in, later in the year. So Glenn and I are one of the, uh, I guess, originals, as you could say. I keep waving and thinking people are going to see it. Waving? What? Yeah, you said DM Glenn. I was waving, <laughs> but yeah, it is. Okay. You know, they for about six years, and they did a bang up job. And uh, you know, we wish them well in the next endeavors. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on a related note, uh, given the new lineup and kind of the, the title change, though the content itself will say focused on BX D&D, uh, the format might change a bit. And so things are a bit fluid right now. Um, we might have some new segments. We might, might have keep some old segments. We might change things up. We're really not quite sure. The only thing we are sure of is that we all really love BX and we're going to keep talking about BX and its various incarnations and related products. So, Eric, uh, since you are the mastermind behind SNW Light, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, um, to be honest with you, my initial thoughts when it came to uh, Swords and Wizardry Light, or what became Swords and Wizardry Light, was that uh, in the free time of recent retirement, I, I, I wanted to get something out to the gaming community that was an old school game 
with rules that would be familiar to lapsed gamers, easy for new gamers to understand, and something that modern gamers playing Pathfinder 5e, God forbid 4e, um, <laughs> could actually uh, uh, look at and, yeah, I know, but look at and absorb. And I started, okay, I started uh, stripping down the uh, Swords and Wizardry white box rules. And I was talking with Zach Laser uh, of Frog Art Games of what I was doing. And he's like, oh, that's a great idea. What, what are you trying to do with it? I'm like, ah, I'm trying to see how, if I can cut it down to something, a couple of pages long, something that could be viral, people could share it for free, maybe drop it off in stores or libraries. Yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. And then uh, next thing I know, it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, Bill Webb and Matt Finch, Frog Art Games, they want to publish this. And then it became real. It became, wow. oh yeah. That's when I was like, oh my God, this is legit. And uh, it really focused me on uh, working with Zach, who did an amazing layout, working with uh, James over here, who knows how to write games. Wow. Which, which obviously I don't. Uh, he He came in and took what was presentable and made it awesome. So I, I, I really uh, owe whatever success that this Swords and Wizardry Light is going to have to the people I worked with, because without them, it would have just been, you know, a, a, a hack of the Swords and Wizardry rules. But instead, it's become an official flavor of Swords and Wizardry, published by Frog Art Games, and that's just amazing. It's amazing that you fit the entire what you needed to play on a matter of what four pages so yeah four yep four and pages three levels three levels uh what was it uh humans elves dwarves and halflings your four core classes including the thief uh about i don't know a score of monsters uh spells for the clerics and the magic users it fit four pages yeah that was that was and and that was the goal and by the way it's the the print version which uh you can get from Frogger games with any physical purchase they'll throw it into your uh your package it gets mailed to you it it's pretty much like a laminated type of folder so the idea is if we can get some one sheets out in the coming months you can just take your adventures slip them into the rules and wherever you travel you have everything with you um, one, one, one thing I should mention that you, if you have the PDF, which what it's free, right? It's, it's free. Yeah. It's okay. Free. Don't try and print it out at home <laughs> because if you print it out on eight by 10 and then fold it, you can't read it. Yeah. Well, the, the, like literally just today, we put out a smaller version of the PDF. The original one was like 26, 27 megs. Oh. The new one, the new PDF is three megs. We also have the Word file for those that want to hack. Ooh. If you want to turn, well, and I, I, that was important to me, because uh, like the white box rules are available in a PD in a Word document or RTF document that you can go in and hack and make your own mm -hmm. house rule game that you can then distribute to your friends or whatever. I wanted something like that with Swords and Wizardry Light, and we got that out. Literally, it's in the folder. Uh, the Dropbox today. folder, right? It's the uh, it's a Bitly folder. It's uh, linked on yeah, I got uh, the Techos Tavern. You got the link? All right. Yeah, I'll enter the, we'll the show notes. Put that show notes. Yeah, yeah. We'll put that in mm -hmm. show notes. Excellent. But I uh, I also spoke with Zach, and we're gonna try to get a PDF version that's actually four individual pages, so you could actually print out the PDF at home. Okay. That that's, that's smart. Yeah. We, which you can take that that four page printout, slap it, get two paper clips, and slap it into like a Manila folder, and have the same oh, type yeah. of thing. Yeah, I mean, it just be it's really easy to go. And the neat thing is, with the four page format, you set it up right. You get an instant DM screen with everything you need on it, and it's actually set up that way. The DM rules are all written to be on the interior, and all the player info on the exterior. Right. Yeah, that, that was actually Zach's idea who was doing the layout, and he bounced it off me, and I was like, I wish I had thought of that, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> it really is a nice way to set that up. Well, did, did Zach ever tell you how I ended up being involved? 
Uh, besides the fact that we all know each other now. Um, he came to me at like 11.30 one night and is like, I've got this awesome game. I need to pare it down to four pages and clean up the verbiage. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. And I was, <laughs> I was literally screen sharing with him going, cut this word, move that word, rephrase this to that as one less character, like for like three hours. Um, and that's how I ended up getting involved. And he's like, I'll do anything for you, man. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And I was like, just give me a co-authorship credit. It's cool. And he was like, oh, dude, that's, that's more than warranted. That's fine. Um, and that's how I ended up being involved in the project. Well, I, I, listen, and just for you folks out there now, part of what we were trying to do was keep the rules familiar, but at the same time, pare things down. Spells like uh, Wizard Lock and Knock are two sides of the same coin, which James saw and turned it into one Lock. spell that's reversible. So well, yeah. it was, that is the joys of working with somebody who designs games for a living as opposed to myself who's uh, a hack with ideas. Yes, but very good ideas. And um, yeah, Yesterday's <laughs> hack is tomorrow's you know, slasher. <laughs> so don't, don't sell yourself short on that. Well, again, I... I the 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 the, uh, the sum is certainly greater than the parts that were initially put in. You guys did a bang up job. Thank you. No, it it oh. was, uh, was a joy to do. So and should we? Yes. Go ahead, go ahead, Glenn. No, go ahead. No, I just thought of calling it Swords of Wizardly Light, the Tinkar hack. Well, Sword of Wizardly Light is hack. is his, so. Right. You don't need right. to call it the Tankar hack. It is Tankar's okay. edition. Yeah. Okay. Stand corrected. And um, uh, Eric and I are actually working on <laughs> on a hack of a hack of a hack. Um, oh yeah, it's true. That's right. Yeah, taking Swords and Wizardry Light, and we're con we're tentatively calling it uh, Swords and Wizardry Extra Light. And the idea is to create a soft cover saddle stitch uh, uh, digest book that's like twenty eight pages. That is all of Swords and Wizardry Light plus expanded rules to include various optional classes, magic items, uh, expanded to seventh level, and include enough of adventures to run an entire campaign in one book. So literally everything you need for like a year of gaming is in the book and make it this thing that you can literally put in your pocket. I, 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 extra light makes it sound like it's going to be two pages instead of four pages. So. Right, well, right. I know, but it, it, it's extra light because there's extra being added too. I, yeah. I, so are we following I mean, like beer beers now, Eric? I mean, light, no extra light. Are we like Miller? Well, or? It, you know, I I, I can hack like you know Swords and Wizardry, uh, light Pilsner edition. But I don't <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, God, and and here I back the Kickstarter. What a dummy I am. Uh, no doubt. What the uh, what the uh, Swords and Wizardry like, complete Kickstarter? You'll be getting a free copy. Well, yeah. The this month, the, the third edition, third printing, whatever they want to call it. Yeah. Yeah, I backed it. So. So did I. Good and for when, you. And, and when it ships, you'll have your uh, Sword and Wizardry Light print edition yes. included. And, and, a PD, and a PDF. Uh, yeah, I've got a, a one that um, my friend Matt printed from the PDF and bound himself <laughs> that I've been using for all the. I saw that what that guy made up for you. He does some good job for printing he and does. binding those things, dude. Well, basically, somebody put how, they showed you on Dragonsfoot. They showed you how to do it, and he took that article and he did like he made like rule cyclopedia, what we call working copies, right? Off the PDF, he, uh, Labyrinth Lord too. When we were playing it, you know, we'd have he'd make like player copies. Here, look that up while I'm doing this type of thing. Uh, yeah, well, he's I, really good. I remember the articles you're talking about, and I was like, this is damn tempting. And I was like, there's no way I'd ever get anything usable with my talent. Yeah. I mean, I'd throw him, you know, I'd throw him 20 bucks and a couple of PDFs. I said, here, make me books. That's good. And he would. Um, so why don't we discuss a little bit more about Sword and Wizard Light and how it compares to, like, Complete or White Box or... Well, you know, Light... The, the idea, again, was to keep it simple, stupid. So there's only two dice sizes that are involved in Swords and Wizardry Light, and that is mm -hmm. D6 and a D20. 
So, um, that means all hit dice, even monster hit dice, is going to be D6. It means all damage is going to be rolled in a D6. Lighter weapons are at minus one. So, you know, heavy oh, weapons okay. are at plus one. So you're kind of doing the Holmes approach to it. Or actually, sword and wiz- actually the white box, old school d Yeah, Holmes, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because, I, I, again, I wanted to... If you're trying to bring somebody into the hobby, the last thing you need to do is toss a handful of dice at them, yeah. and they're like, all right, roll a, roll a d12, and they grab the d8 and going, is this it? No, oh, yeah, two yeah, dice. True. D- D6, which everybody knows, if you've played Parcheesi or Monopoly or any of those games, and a D20, which you can That's, play. Yeah. Die. So that was why we stuck to just that. Uh, the other thing that uh, Sword of Relight doesn't have is it doesn't have uh, negative ability bonuses or penalties. Like if you have a low score, you just have a low score. If you have a high score, 15 or better, you could have a plus one. There's nothing else. Again, it's very much like White Box, where your ability scores can help, but they're not going to be a game changer. You don't need that. You don't want that. You want the characters yeah. to thrive on their own. The game itself definitely has that OSR feel, that old school feel of it um, does. player agency and player creativity being as important, if not more important, than character stats. Um, talking about what it doesn't have that White Box does, there are several things it has that White Box does not. Um, Swords of White Box did not include a thief, uh-huh. which Light does have. And uh, one of my favorite little touches that Eric did was um, a high charisma in light gets you a, gets you a mook. It gets you yeah. a quarter or a torchbearer right off the bat, and I think nice. that's hilarious. And if you don't name him Nodwick, you're doing it wrong. Because really, charisma is a dump stat for most uh, gamers, and I wanted something. But oh, you have plus one to your morale roll or plus one attraction. Nobody rolls that stuff anyway. So what are you gonna get from charisma? Get her. I, I think we should. I think I should add it to all my old school games. <laughs> you know that. My charisma, the, you get a flunky. <laughs> you get a flunky. To you know, to torchbearers and have, you know, these six minus one hit points. He wears no armor that you could probably toss him some if you had to, but he's not going to fight. But hold right. your torch. And you it's, it's that he's holding your torch. And you can customize that to your class. What if you're a wizard with a really inept apprentice, or a fighter with a squire? Right. Or you're a halfling with a you know a fat guy who walks around cooking you dinner, um, yeah. you know it's just it's it's just a torchbearer, but it doesn't say it has to be a yeah. completely bland torchbearer. Yeah, I can see uh, a high charisma. I, I can see a high charisma but, dwarf, and he's got somebody who's that. He says, "Ah, oh, that's my cousin's kid. I gotta trade him." Yeah, exactly, go. exactly. Um, you know, and um, uh, Swords and Wizardry Light has, you know, dwarves, elves, and halflings, and it does race and class. Uh, and example, in Light, uh, because thieves exist, unlike White Box, halflings can be thieves and they're not relegated automatically to being fighters. Same thing with dwarves. Right. Wait a minute, you say, okay, never mind. One of the things I I really, really like, um, because I've seen so many games trying to start get bogged down in this, is the equipment. Um, How many games have you guys been in where players spend ungodly amounts of time buying your equipment? And just like wasting. Exactly. It doesn't matter how simple it is to roll up a character, they spend all day making sure they got chalk and 50 feet of rope. In a mirror. I yeah, every old school game that I run, I make sure there's adventurers packs, a la Swords and Wizardry Light, saying, "Yeah, here's one, here's two, pick one." Yep. And I, and I did the same thing with their initial starting weapons. Again, it doesn't. Yeah, I like that. Because since weapons are pretty much flavor, mm. it's a dagger here, two d6 minus one, longsword d6, two hundred sword d6 plus one. But you can choose, you know, fighter, you choose this weapon package and armor and, and this weapon package and armor, you get a choice. You can change it later on with what you find or buy, but this is what you're going to start with. Right. It, it makes it so much so, easier. I'm actually curious, Eric, for a question for you about this. The, 
leveling aspect of it by, you know, uh, characters progress to second level after, what is it, two adventures, completing two adventures. Right. Now, where, where, how did you come up with that progression just to save space, kind of, or is that how you do it in your games? Or I'm just curious, your method behind that. My the method behind that madness was uh, <laughs> one concept that I found that new gamers have trouble understanding is experience points. Right. And well, I earn it for what and what do I have to do? And I got to track this. And for a new DM, that's a whole thing of, you know, that math chart behind the screen as you're trying to figure out everybody's XP. I wanted to simplify things. I wanted to make the play more important than the bookkeeping aspect uh, of experience points. So uh, as a general uh, guide, if you go from level one to level two is number of ventures is what your next level is two. If you go from two to three is another three adventures. So as you go up and level, it's gonna the progress is going to slow down. Now there's nothing that says that a good your GM can't say, well, you've finished these three adventures in this story arc and you kick the big bad guy. I'm going to award you the equivalent of an extra adventure. <clears throat> Why not? That's like ordering, or, or, but that's, you know, comes with the idea of the play. Right. Okay. So that's, that's where that came kind from. Kind of reminds me of, um, I want to say, Old White Wolf or Old D6 kind of had the same concepts going on for it. I mean, they didn't have levels in, in White Wolf or uh, in WEG, and either, but they had, like, after so many adventures, you get this amount, kind of like that concept. Uh-huh. Right, you earned flat points that you would then spend how you chose in the, old, in the White Wolf and WEG Star Wars. Right, and to progress your character along, so it's kind of like leveling up if you think about it in a certain... Right. That's what it kind of reminds me of, which I, I always... Which I found really cool that you did that. So, good job. Well, I, thank you. I, I, listen, I know a lot of the argument with the old school gaming is, well, it was the uh, gathering the getting the treasure out is more important than the, than the monsters defeated, and that's the whole thing. Well, you know what? Here, getting the treasure out is going to allow you to uh, purchase better weapons or purchase better armor. It's still important, but it doesn't need to be part of that bookkeeping. That oh heck no! I, I know when I was gaming back in my teenage days we didn't enjoy that part of what monsters of of the bookkeeping aspect of the experience points from the goal and the monsters and it was part of the game but it wasn't it wasn't the enjoyable part it was the work you did to enjoy the game dude we used to we used to have checklists on our character sheet how many monsters we kill per session (laughs) (laughs) we were always competing go ahead Vince I'm sorry I just I would just say we were always competing go ahead James one of the one of the things about the XP system in in light, it's part of the design element. We're not trying to bog either returning or new gamers down with all that. You know, it's about sitting down, getting right to the meat of it, and just having fun. This is the all that other stuff is part of the experience, sure, but the meat of it is getting in there with a sword or a spell. And just, you know, that, that dungeon crawly, you know, see to your pants, roll me a D6 and see what happens feel. And, and that's what SMWL is, is really all about. And I, I think the design reflects that if you let it. The, the minimalist rules will lead a lot of people, especially I think more modern gamers, to say, well, I can't do anything. Whereas it's the opposite. You can do anything. You just have to trust your DM or your referee to, to, to give you the opportunity and be able to come up with based on the rules presented, some semblance of a fair rule. Right. And Sword and Witchery Light is made to be uh, used in the campaign. Mm-hmm. It certainly supports that, and that's why J- James and I and Zach are, are are going to work on the rules to expand it to level 7. But after three levels, you can move on to complete. You can move on to core or white box. You'll have to adjust some stuff. You'll have picked up enough of the game, or you can just start a whole new campaign. But you'll you'll understand what gaming is if you haven't done it before, and you can then add in the experience points as part of the of the experience if need be. But not only that, Swords and Wizardry Light is an excellent can uh, sorry excellent thing for cons and for oh, yeah. pickup games yeah. and for stores, especially mm-hmm. if a store you know has a bunch of copies of this. They can hand out a copy to every player. They go home with something now 
that I, I, I came into the store, I played a game for two hours, and I'm coming home with something physical that I can use at home and play more games? That's awesome. And for you know, convention play, it's, it's streamlined to allow the, you know, the story or the adventure to do what it's supposed to do, which is entertain and let the rules fall to the side a little bit. Right. So. Right. When I when I read it the first time, my first thought was being at a con at ten thirty at night. You know, you run into a couple of buddies, a couple of new friends, and you're like, "Hey guys, you want to do a pickup game?" And even whipping together a BX character can take a bit of time if they don't have pregens. Whereas with this, I mean, especially with experienced gamers, you can throw together a character in literally a minute on an index card. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Oh, hell yes. I can see that. Yeah, I keep thinking of that, uh, the, the one you're going to do, Eric, uh, the uh, Swords and Rizzi, uh what was it called? Even Lighter? Extra light. Oh, ex extra, extra light. light. Thank you. Thank you. Even lighter. Um, <laughs> 26 pages plus an adventure, so you have a campaign right there in a book. Well, 20, actually, 28 no pages includes several adventures. The, the, oh, okay. The draft as it stands, just the rules, and that is everything. That is races, classes, rules, traps, monsters, spells, magic mm -hmm. items, experience levels, a dozen classes, uh, the draft comes in currently at about 14 pages in digest size, 14 okay. digest pages. And then you, you do a okay. bunch of a bunch of like one-sheet adventures where one side is the map, the other side is the key to the map. And right. then you just have a whole campaign in, in, a, in a single, you know, 28-page or 32-page digest. Do can you do different campaigns to, to print with that rule set? And then you sell it, okay, this everything you need to play in this campaign or this campaign or this campaign well that should be you know easy enough to uh you know do it something like this you know if, if you are an independent publisher like you know uh -huh. you now something that you want to put together a one sheet for sort of what's relight you know it should be easy enough to do and put out and you know sell for pay what you want or whatever it, it's made for that the rules themselves right they're they're it's open game content you know, yeah. it, okay. it's, and I expect people, especially since we have the uh, the word document up there now, I expect people to to hack it. I expect to find somebody to put together some kind of oh I don't know nineteen uh, twenties gangbusters version of it in four mm -hmm. pages. W why not? You know, have have at it, have fun. It's, I'd like to do with it, and I probably will, but. Uh, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what the community is going to come up with because that really is when things like this uh, take on a life of their own. Like, I, I'm, like, I'm a proud parent, but yeah. let my let my child spread its arms and go. Yeah, that makes me want to do like White Star Lightspeed, you know. James, people have asked me if you're going to do that. Lightspeed. Have they really? Yes. Have they really? I've, I, I guess... I've had... Three people on Facebook direct message me, asking me, with Swords and Witchery Light, uh, do you think you or James are going to put out like a, a a science fiction like, you know, White Star version? I was like, I don't know. Would I guess I guess now I now I kind of have to. There you go. You know, it 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 really is a, a very versatile a versatile format. And it's an intriguing format to play with. I, I don't think I could have cut any more than I did and have kept the game true to its roots, mm -hmm. uh, which was very important. But uh, at the same time, if it was longer, it wouldn't have been as light as it needed to be. Right. So, You're absolutely right. Now I have to ask Eric um, because I didn't, you know, when I when I did the some of the writing on this, I didn't add anything to what you did because it's right. your work and it's your baby. Is there anything you cut that you regretted having to cut? There's nothing that I cut that I regretted having to cut. The only thing I uh, and I'll probably address this uh, on the blog with a post at some point and probably uh, have it on like a support page I'm working on is that. Uh, movement in Swords and Wizardry is a little uh, 
buggered. Something got lost in the translation with the old D and D rules using uh, feet and inches interchangeably a lot of times. Uh-huh. And uh, your your sword and wizard characters, if you go by the books, basically move at a snail's pace, literally. Uh, which is, which uh, I'm, I'll I'm going to probably address it as a house rule and probably an optional rule at some point. But uh, other than that, no, uh, it was important for me to add in the thief class, even though it's not in uh, generally the, the, what's considered the core rules for mm-hmm. original D and D. And I wanted a thief class that wasn't relying on percentile dice, which was important because I don't uh-huh. have percentile dice. So all the abilities were, uh, you know, brought down to a D6 roll, which I think simplifies things. That's and makes great. It easier, easier for people to think in their head what their chance of success is, as opposed to looking at, well, I got a 21% chance to open locks, but my pickpockets is 15%. Oh, but I'm a dwarf and I can add. It's too complicated. But, right. but but you're wearing this armor, so you have to subtract five, and you know it's. Oh, oh yeah. no. I like. I like the way you kept the uh, over and under armor class from Swords and Wizardry. Well, uh, you, you have to, and that was a whole thing that I was struggling with because to ex- explain that the dual armor class, which runs high and runs low, so Swords and Wizardry can be compatible with pretty much everything that's out there. Right. Uh, I struggled initially saying, is this going to cost me a lot of space to explain? And uh, actually, it didn't require a lot of you know space to explain. Once I, I hashed it out with Zach and I, James, I'm not even sure if you, you might have had a little bit of a rewrite. Oh, yeah. I, the, the, the AC chart in that, yeah. that I, I hacked that up and made it work because Zach had a full neg nine to positive nine. And I was like, dude, no, you don't need no. that. Look at the ACs of your monsters that you're including. That's all you need. Right. So, the other thing that uh, was, was assumed with uh, Swords and Wizardry Light, uh, the initial four page release, it doesn't include any magic items. No. So the, uh, the no, idea... but I'm glad you I'm glad you addressed it in there. Yeah. Well, because the, the idea with the magic items is, um, again, those third party publishers that are going to uh, put things out for it. You know, explain that item in a sentence or two. Yeah. Magic should be unique to a large extent anyway when it comes to items, and this way. They will be. There's no players going to pick up the four pages of the core rules and go, well, I want my plus two uh, sort of uh, light slaying. Well, if your DM makes one up, you'll have one. But it's not in those rules. i no. got to tell you, the only reason I look up tra- magic items and things like that is, where's the healing potions? <laughs> That's all I thought of was, how do you do the healing potions? <laughs> That's always your thing, Glenn, healing potions. Yeah, it, because I like to stay alive. Is it D6 right. plus one? Is it 2D4 plus two? Yeah. So, all right, uh, monsters, Eric. What made you decide on the monsters that you do have here? Because some of them are staples. Well, some of them I don't consider staples. So I want to hear your reasoning behind them. Yes, Glenn? I didn't say anything. Oh, I thought you were going to... No. Reason... Okay, the, the reason why uh, we have the monsters that we have, and I'll, 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 I'll... Here, I'm going to go with one. The Wyvern. That's there for a very specific reason. I needed something that was dragon-like. And, but not a dragon. But not a dragon. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, now, if it's a hit dice, if a third-level character encounters that in a group, unless they have very good tactics, they're probably not going to survive. That's where they're going to have to learn the uh, uh, what OSR can sometimes stand for, which is OS run. You know, that's oh, something snaky. that players have to learn. Mm-hmm. But uh, I try to keep uh, an assortment of, of, of creatures that could fit into uh, modules or adventures or encounters that uh, GMs w- would be able to run with. I needed something that would pretty much fit on a page. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes the biggest thing to do was to work on the monster descriptions and trim them down because some of them were huge compared to the space that I had available. Also, I want... 
Yes, and also I want something where people can look at it and, you know, look at kobolds. Kobolds are subterranean, vaguely goblin-like humanoids. You got a sentence describing them. You can go with that. You're you have enough as uh, the DM to run with, with not so much that will bog you down. I love orcs. Orcs are stupid. <laughs> when I first read that, I started laughing out loud. I'm like, orcs are stupid. Okay, I got it. Oh, look one above. Ogres are normally quite stupid. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite stupid book uh, of a race is Knowles, and I'm glad you put them in there. Uh, listen, I I have my own favorites. Uh, I like gnolls. I like ghouls. Ghouls are such a very flexible. Oh, undead, undead. I love them. Yeah. So we, you know, we have the core undead of ghouls. You know, s- skeletons, zombies. And uh, I, I like gnolls because I read the description once. It says they're not that bright, and they th- always think in, with their stomach. So oh, okay. immediately I thought of Wiley Coyote. Super <laughs> genius. So I thought, yeah, they're kind of on that level. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, but most most of the creatures I did include are yeah. intelligent. They're not. You're, yeah, you have like you know giant fire beetles and giant rats because I have to include rats, you know. But there's a lot of bipedals, the trolls, the ogres, the orcs. Hobgoblins, kobolds, lizardmen, gnolls, uh, ghouls, dryads, bugbears, because you can place them almost anywhere. Right. Well, well and one of, the, one of the things you can do with the monsters listed, like if you take a giant rat out of SWL and then you give him the poison ability from a, from a giant spider and then you just call it a giant centipede, your players aren't going to know the difference. Right. This is true. That, that, that is, you know an easy way to hack. And again, if somebody's writing adventures for this and there are other creatures they want to create or just grab stuff from the uh, OGL and convert it to Sword and Wizardry Light, you're just going to be, you'll be adding to, uh, you know, the whole library for people to pull from. It can only be good. True. Um, I was looking through my hard disk here in my gaming fold and looking for other games that something like this and i've seen a couple but they're not a whole lot out there for like say labyrinth lord or lamentations of the flame Christmas or these other clones right and i think like you're one of the only ones that is doing like a light thing well the thing is there are other rule sets out there that uh pull off the from like the ogl and and try to be a, a very light uh, fantasy RPG in like two pages, but you are not gonna. I, I needed when I did this. I needed something that people would look at and say, "This is D and D. This is what wow. I played when I was gaming back in 1982 in high school." And the other light games that I've seen, and some of them are well done, didn't have that. So to be able to put something out there that people can read and say yes this is the game that i played you know 35 40 years ago uh in four pages that was a great accomplishment you know yeah i'm, I'm, I'm proud of the end result but i'm also proud because i had great people working with me to get me to this point oh yeah that's an all-star cast right there Oh yeah, you can't fail with that. That's, that's like, oh yeah, you could re-roll a failed saving throw three times with those people working with you. <laughs> I, 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 I beg to differ. I remember some of my early stuff, and ooh, I wouldn't. Like, oh god. Well, here, James, this is my early stuff. So, uh, if this is your early stuff, yeah, uh, I, I'm scared to see what you're doing in five years because you're going to put some of the best in the community to shame. But that's because I got to work with people that actually know what they're doing. They, they, when you started, James, was there anybody there to like literally hold your hand? Uh, no, I started with um, open office and paint. Okay. I had <clears throat> Zach Laser and you uh, holding my hand. It's, it's like it's like learning how to ride a bike with both your parents and training wheels. 
I, I it was hard to you know fail, and I was you know I really am in debt. I had my wife saying, "If you want to keep buying gaming books, you have to make more money." <laughs> <laughs> oh damn! Don't tell Ray that. That was literally the genesis for Barrel Rider Games. My wife went, "Look, you can't keep buying gaming books at this rate. You have to make more money." Why do you think I started YouTube videos? <laughs> It, it and that well now she's like I I've created a monster because now I can pretty much, you know, afford to buy what I want. But on the other side of it, it allows you know her to stay home with our kid, which is a mm. wonderful gift. That is, uh, awesome. that is that is oh that's that's the greatest gift I've ever gotten from the OSR community is my wife is able to be a stay at home mother and I, I love this community you know and they've really embraced SNWL like I mean within a day of its release people were already started. Uh, hacking away at adventures for it i know the day after it was released the next morning i i wrote one i know there's some couple other guys who've written them uh, and, yeah, um, uh, you know tim brannon uh wrote a witch class for it and if you know tim brannon of course of course, of course tim gotta, gotta be a witch class from tim says uh but no I, and it was you know very well done uh uh tom wilson he's working on uh some uh short adventures for uh, SWL, um, Tim Shorts is working on an adventure in like a, I think it's like a mini setting too. Old Gothridge Manor. Yes. Uh, this is, uh, seeing the community uh, embrace something that I got to put out there and, 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 and make it part of their own. I know. There's, there's, there's nothing uh... better. That's really. We're so proud of you. Why, thank you. We're so damn proud of you. <laughs> Our little dwarf finally grew his beard. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm growing a goatee, and 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 my niece Shannon wants me to grow a ponytail. Oh no! Oh, no. Oh, don't be that guy. Don't be that no, guy. No. Eric. The next thing you know, you'll be wearing socks and sandals. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. My father does that. I refuse to. I was I was always tempted to go up to fragments or when I see him in a con and go get a haircut you hit. Uh. <laughs> I, I if I if I ever got to meet Frank I would just be like I I, I Frank Mancer and then I'd fall over and die. You sound like my roommate from last year's North Texas con, Robin Ir, Robin Irwin. It's like for a day, for like a half a day to a day he was total fanboy. You know, I'd be there sitting there with with Tim and Frank, or talking people. You go, that's just it, man. Like, if like of all of them, like if I ever got to meet Tim Kask, I'd be afraid he'd jump across the table, punch me in the face, and be like, "Game harder," because he's just that hardcore. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but uh, actually, that was my first North Texas. That was me when when Frank. Uh, during the auction, like, oh, and uh, the one that lost uh, the bidding to, uh, uh, you know, Bill Webb's uh, son on those wooden uh, wooden dice set is none other than Eric Tenkar from Tenkar's Cabin. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't sink into the seat fast enough. He's still, still geeking out over the first night we were in the bar. Um, and he was talking with Diesel and, uh, and somebody. Uh, oh, Larry Elmore about artist rights because he's a lawyer so they were talking they're talking artist rights and i still hear about that uh, yeah <laughs> but uh, uh, one day i'll get out to an ntrpg god i want to go to one so bad please, more than any other con out there with with open arms oh i know it's like these are my people and i can't look out there because i'm two thousand miles away i know I see the, there someday we're having a lot of fun you should you should I, try it I, I trust me. I want to. I actually I submitted um, Hero's Journey for consideration this year for three castles. I hope it. I hope it, it does hope well. It does too. I've, uh, I'm Very running cool. a game. I'm I'm running a Gangbusters game. If <laughs> I unless I hit the lottery, I'm not getting out there this year. Oh, we gotta we gotta hit you on the OSR lottery. We gotta get you a new release out there. Yeah. yeah. No. No kidding. No. I well, still actually, gotta get Hero's Journey. Um. Yes. Did you Did you grab the PDF? I do have the PDF. I'm trying to I'm trying okay. to save up for a print copy. If I get a print copy, I can do a review. And it just looks so damn intriguing. It's, oh, it's very it, well done. 
it plays well, um, but uh, the the high lethality tends to throw people off. Oh, it's just a bunch of goblins. No, Jack. <laughs> a bunch of goblins are something to be afraid of, even if you're 10th level. <laughs> um, but this isn't about Heroes Journey. This is about Swords of Light, is. which is, is amazing. And everyone should grab it. It's free. You don't have an excuse. If Right now, if you want a physical, uh, grab something from Frog God Games uh, because they're awesome. Right. Um, I'd recommend um, grabbing Bard's Gate um, because then you can have Tenkar's Tavern in your Swords and Wizardry Light game because Tenkar's Tavern is in Bard's yeah, Gate. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, if you're going to be going to, uh, I guess, uh, GaryCon, uh, I will be at GaryCon thanks to uh, the, my, my wonderful friends at Frog Games. Yay. And uh, the, I believe the expectation is I'll be there to... Uh, Sign some swords and wizardry light, which means that they'll be uh, at the frog god table being given away. Yes. Please go get your swords and wizardry light. And what do you have to lose? If nothing else, you be. I don't want to learn to play D and D. It's too complicated. And you can be like, really, and hold up a folder. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You can put your character sheet right in here and never lose it. That's right. You can, yeah, always, you can always lose a character sheet. Trust me, I know. Yeah, I, I do believe that uh, part of the plan is to get some uh, Sword and Wizardry Light into some physical retail uh, locations, like your friendly local game store that wants to carry you know, uh, Frog God products. You know what I ought to do for, do for you? I ought to resurrect something I haven't done for a long time. I made for basic and uh, 2E, 1E uh, pocket mod character sheets. Really? And I ought to do that for Swords and Wizardry Light. And it's like, great, you make it, fold it, fill out your character sheet, stick it in your wallet. There you go. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to have to dig those out and see if I can rejigger them for Swords. You know it would be neat, Eric. What? Business cards printed up like blank SNWL character sheets. Oh, heck yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Very interesting. Because they're, they're a little more durable. You can stick it in your wallet and be like, I have my character. And there you go. And if you can't do it that small, postcards. You know how they're always handing out postcards with with uh, oh, yeah. booths with pictures and stuff on it? I, I'm just looking at the Lloyd Mefcalf's postcard he gave to me. I go, yeah, postcards too. <laughs> well, you know. And that, SWA and, postcards. And that would actually be pretty good because – you know, when using Sword and Wizardry Light at a convention, I, I don't see pregens being given out. It defeats the purpose of the rules. If you can create a character, even as a novice, in five minutes, own it. Oh, yeah. You know, have, have a character that you, that you created, not like, oh, you're playing, you know, Gary, the second level thief. <laughs> no, roll it. And then, you know. Aw. But yeah. if I want to play Gary the Second Level Thief. Well, then roll it, damn you! <laughs> you know, you don't have to be a rude TM. I. Yes, the Tavern Master, because I. He's the bouncer, too. <laughs> no, no, the bouncer is the badger. I just serve the drinks. and. That, that is, the badger is the bouncer. I forgot the I did that. The badger is the bouncer. The badger and, is and, the well, bouncer. and Barge Gate, the badger, is the bouncer. Oh, wow. Um, in Tankard's Tavern. That is something. I, I forgot about that. How could you forget about it? I, dude, I'm, you know me, I, I'm on to the next project before I'm finished the first. That's, you know, I, I really have to uh, thank uh, James, by the way, one final time, because I, I was asked to write my own section for Bardgate, and I just couldn't do it. So the professional stepped in and saved my hiney. Good for him. It was fun. I, I also I also slipped a halfling in there to annoy the badger because I could. <laughs> uh. um, but uh, speaking of annoying your players and then and and having fun with them, I mean, grab some swords and wizardry light. If you can't get out to a con or don't have the cash to to pick something up on the Frog God website, it's free. We'll have links in the show notes. Print yes. it out. Slap it on a manila folder and be like, hey, want to play some D&D? I mean, you could even say that to a total stranger. It might get awkward, but you never know. This um, is true. This <laughs> is true. Um, if you get in trouble doing that, don't blame me. Okay? No, no, no. Blame Glenn. All right. Why, why not? <laughs> yeah. And uh, shut up, Glenn. 
Why not? <laughs> I, I think um I think that'll bring uh this episode of uh, Save or Die Expert Edition to a close. Was that the most uh, interesting journey. time you guys have ever had on a podcast? No. I think it was. I don't know if it's the most interesting, but certainly the most entertaining and the most fun I've had. Yes. I, it's definitely the most entertaining. Um, Eric's got photographic evidence to it not being the most interesting, but uh, we a, won't that, talk that, about that. That. Po- that wasn't a podcast. That was an online game mm-hmm. session. And, and, and get get, get stars of wizardly light, and you will go to heaven. You'll oh, go into the gaming heaven, maybe, but I don't I don't know if you'll actually. Oh yeah, yeah, you, you die, you, you, you flash that Saint Peter, is, you're in. This Boom. is not touched by an angel sword in wizardly light. Okay, so knock it off, Glenn. <laughs> touched by Glenn. Whoa. It was well, it's like get, get into heaven free card. What can I say? Stay away from the light. Don't go to the light. This house is clear. Okay, anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, does anybody have any uh, closing remarks before we uh, head on out? Um, uh, we love cobalt. Smoke them if you got them. Glad, uh, folks. Thank you uh, so much, and please enjoy the rules. They're there for you. Yeah, yes. grab grab Stars and Wizardry Light, and it'll lead to, to wonderful gaming and hopefully other games and more fun, and you'll have a blast. That's right. And in, until then, have a good evening, folks. Uh, Vince? Yes. Vince? Yes. Should I should I end the way I usually do? Well, you can uh, end in a second. I just want to give a quick couple of things. Facebook.com slash Save or Die Podcast. You can visit us on there. We respond to all queries uh you can go to our website saverdie.info for our webpage follow us on twitter saverdie staff and uh we're gonna say good night and glenn take us out good night everybody